place for ideas, a place for feelings, a place for life. Listen closely. The bucket list. The dreams you want to catch before you quote-unquote kick the bucket. But what does that even mean? For me, the most common uses are just for things you want to do before an end. A terminus, a departure. The phrase kick the bucket is kind of an old one. Since 1785, it's been a popular euphemism for, well, death. But the phrase bucket list has only been used to mean what it does since around 2004. And the two phrases are intertwined. The things you do before you kick the bucket. I was reading a Slate article from 2011 by June Thomas, and she points to a sentence in a book called Unfair and Unbalanced, The Lunatic Magniloquence of Henry E. Pankey, which is written by Patrick M. Carlyle. And it goes, quote, So anyway, a great man, in his querulous twilight years, who doesn't want to go gently into that blacky black night, he wants to cut loose, dance on the razor's edge, pry the lid off his bucket list, unquote. And in 2006, Kendra Puckett, in a thousand words, wrote, Oh yes, my list of things I intend to do before I, quote, kick the bucket. Now, this phrase also has a programming application, as June points out. Quote, Guava Compiler knows statically that there are no references from buckets inside of one bucket list of objects inside another. And so those are the earliest uses that we can find. Which, honestly, is kind of a bummer when you realize that the term actually comes from a 2007 film called The Bucket List. This is what solidified The Bucket List in our zeitgeist. The film stars Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson as two patients in a cancer ward who decide to break out so they can do things on their bucket list. The things they want to do before they die. But, I mean, look at me. I'm 26 years old. It's just hard to know exactly what you want to do before you die. I don't have a bucket list. I mean, first off, you don't even know when you'll die. So how do you even begin to plan? I guess that in my experience, bucket lists are more retroactive. They're mostly the things that you wish you did once you've already gone. The possibilities that express their value, but only when they're no longer possibilities. And for me, I think that's become evident throughout the pandemic because I moved twice, once from Seattle down to San Jose, and then back again to Seattle. There was just nine months difference between these cross-coast trips. And it wasn't until I was in San Jose, out of Seattle, that I realized what I'd missed. The paradigm shifted. The open doors became closed. But that's when new doors opened. An opportunity to make this departure right. I could leave San Jose in a more ceremonious way than I left Seattle. Okay, Lily, so what would you say is your, your Bay Area bucket list? Oh, right now, be at Mount Diablo, and then eventually go to the summit which perhaps I won't have to walk to, but I'll never tell. What else has been on our Bay Area bucket list? Um, well, one thing that was on my bucket list for the Bay Area a long time ago was to go to Angel Island and be able to 
look back over the rest of, you know, the San Francisco Salsalito area. That was magical. I would love to do that again. Um, I also want to go to Alcatraz, just like in general, but ideally at night, um, so that it gets very, very spooky. I have been told that on my bucket list should be San Francisco Chinatown, which I did when I was younger, but I didn't really like Chinese food. I wasn't that adventurous as a kid, so perhaps I should try that again. One thing I want to do with you, Alec, before we go, is bike over the Golden Gate Bridge together. I did that when I was younger and it was, it was a dream. I'd love to do it with you. I think that in itself would be a whole new experience. What are we about to do? We're about to cross the Golden Gate Bridge. We're about to cross it on bike. I don't know, I think my list would be the typical tourist stuff. So I've been through Chinatown, I've been to Coit Tower, I've been to uh, the Transamerica building. Oh, going down Lombard Street in a car, making sure you don't hit all the people just loitering in Lombard Street. One of my favorite memories of my time in the Bay Area, and I guess this would be, you know, San Francisco Bay Area, is when you and I, Alec, we um, went up to the city. I took the day off of work. It was a Friday. We got to Land's End. You know, we did the stroll. We saw the views. And then we came back and we had coffee and, uh, you know, a classic diner breakfast at uh, Louie Lou's Diner overlooking the ocean. That, that was just all the things I wanted in one day. I think a lot of things on my bucket list are to like be more spontaneous and meet people and spend time in like public places that are heavily crowded, like the different parks on a beautiful day, which eh, I don't know if right now is the time to knock those off the list. I'm pretty much done. We went to Redwoods National Park, we went to Pinnacles National Park. There are lots more California things I'd like to do. I believe there are family members we have here who we could go hang out with. Are you okay? Right. It was a little scared, or like a little, a little icy. Oh, one guy was getting in a confrontation. Was he like their tour leader? I have no idea. I think he was trying to like tell them to keep going because the kids were like having trouble. I don't think I'd bring a kid on this. Unless they were like a biker, like very used to biking in like different environments. 
Um, it had like a lot of control. <laughs> used to biking suspended over a, an ocean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think that there's a certain humor in thinking that you know what you want or that you know what's valuable, as if we aren't just inheriting a world built halfway on intent and halfway on stumbling. If I think back and fast forward through my time in the San Francisco Bay, well, what about getting hot dogs on the wharf? Was that worth the visit? Is that moment worth remembering? What about hiking down from Mount Tam to Stinson Bay? What about it is worth remembering? Or, I guess if you put it another way, the question is, what about it was worth doing? Worth spending the limited currency of personal time? What could it have been exchanged for? A different conversation? A different place? A different determinism? What about the things that I forgot to get in audio? The birthday party by the Presidio. The late night drive down Lombard Street. Park hopping in Oakland. A lazy Sunday in Dolores Park. No way. Yeah. Did you have any advice for them? What's your basement? Yeah. No, that was just like, that looks like a spore growing. I don't know. Use the internet? I don't know. I think there's enough information, that, like, le like legit information. Go some more hand sanitizer? This is cute. Did you get this for Christmas? Yep. It was tremendously awkward. Sadly, no pet. I like the the buzz of an idea. The flavor is sometimes like a cardboard or like a bad apple, you know? Or like a pencil, you know? Just chewing on the Ticonderoga. Ticonderoga. I think that should be the name of our band. Ticonderoga? Either that or goat. I think it's starting a band. Goat something, what was it? Oh. Um, goat thrusting? Goat fronting. Goat fronting? Yeah. It's a linguistic term. Linguistic term. Oh, Yeah? Oh. Goat. That's goat fronting. We done, went down a rabbit hole yesterday about accents. And it was fascinating. Do you goat front? Um, I don't, I don't think we do. Most of the western 11 states actually have pretty identical um, accents. accents. Like our accent, our dialect is the same, I would say. Speak California English. The, 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 there's like small, some dialects, for example, perhaps in Southern California, right? Yeah. Or even in like the Rockies, but dialects in the U.S. are based more on geography and at what time they were settled. Yeah, so the West is all for you. Exactly. We're not going to go out over there. Okay. okay.
Okay. Can we come with? I think the other group just went in. Sorry. Oh, okay. Where do those experiences go once they've been paid for? What do they become once they're crossed off the list? When I was younger, I used to think I was going to always die before something cool. I couldn't imagine myself doing something because it just didn't fit the image of the life I thought that I would live. And so I literally thought, could I die right now? Can reality really live up to what it says it can? I couldn't imagine ahead of time what that experience was going to be like. So my young mind thought that it just couldn't happen. I don't know. Maybe bucket lists just say something about value and how we cheat ourselves out of everyday life. It never feels real until everything is packed up. The walls empty. The space made back into rooms of possibility. Maybe that's why your 20s are just so damn difficult. Because it's hard to know when you're supposed to belong. The world really just makes you own everything. You have to know who you are and where you're going in a world full of job postings and city rentals. I guess what I'm trying to say here is it's like, you're just one option in a line of many. One more option until everything inevitably kicks the bucket. So who did I get to become in San Jose? A writer, a producer, an opportunist and a bystander. I became a patient person until I became an inpatient one. I became an unsatisfied person until I became a satisfied one. And vice versa, and vice versa, and vice versa. The 20s are like the liminal space of your life caught between who you are planned to be by your context and who you think you get to choose to be. I think it was Kierkegaard who said that life must be lived forward but understood backward. Maybe that's why I haven't made a very good bucket list yet. Because I haven't found the right regrets. I guess I just need more time to look backwards. What do you miss most about California? I, th I don't think we can tell yet what we miss most because I think the month before you move and the month after you move are insulated moments in a place where you're preparing to leave or you're preparing to live there. Because the thing I miss most about California right now is the hiking. We haven't done that yet, but I know that we will. And I know that I'll love it because it's Pacific Northwest summer hiking. Yeah. Something else, oh, I know you asked me what I do miss. Something else I won't miss about California is all the people. I mean, there's lots of people obviously in like King County and this area of Washington, but we can also quite easily go somewhere and be totally alone. Even in this neighborhood, I feel like it's easier to find places of solace. Mm. Hmm. Or spooky, am I gonna be murdered moments, you know, but I do like that option of being not surrounded by people. Yeah. What about you? What are you gonna, what do you miss most right now? I don't know if I miss that much. 
I don't know. I never, um, growing up, I never would have thought of myself as being a Californian. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I just never thought of being in California and living there and that being like who I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, I miss most of the people and I miss especially now seeing my like pictures of my parents biking with my brother. I miss the proximity mm-hmm. to him and then other friends and family who were in that area. I think it's exciting to be in Seattle where we have friends and family close, um, especially as the world is opening up, where when we were in California, we were so um, isolated. Yeah. I think I'll kind of remember it as pretty isolating because when I first moved there, I was still making friends. So, you know, there's that phase of moving somewhere. And then there was the pandemic. And now we're kind of entering a new phase where we can reconnect with friends or make new friends. So I wonder if I'm going to see Seattle quite differently because of that. Hmm. You do have a lot of friends really close here. Was that a statement or a question? Yeah, it was a statement. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm also eager to make friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope that other people are too. I can see it going either way. Was there anything you didn't get to do in California that you wish you had? Where you have said that you never saw yourself as a Californian, like foresaw yourself becoming a Californian, I definitely saw that possibility throughout my life. Because your family. Because my family's there. I've spent I've spent a lot of my life in California. I've spent probably more Christmases and like summer breaks in California than in Oregon. Um, so I feel like I've done a lot of the things I've wanted to. How about you? I don't know. I just like to go to all the national parks there. Mm-hmm. But it felt like we were able to get like a solid city experience of San Francisco, more than I ever thought I would mm-hmm. have. Um, and without having to like deal with the struggles of actually living in San Francisco. We just got to deal with the struggles of living in San Jose. Exactly. I feel like we got to see a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I missed out on much. Walking around Seattle, around the neighborhoods, I can hear the bird, the same bird calls that I would hear in my neighborhood growing up in Oregon. And I smell the same plants and I just feel at home. There's mm. like something biological about home, I think. Mm. It's like the life that is surrounding you that feels like home. Did do you feel that when you returned to Grand Junction? Do you feel like you, a smell you remember or an environment you remember? Yeah. I probably, I can't think of it clearly now, but I probably would if I visited more often. Mm-hmm. It's like when you go to like a family member's house and you smell the house and it's like, this is a piece of home kind of, or like, uh, you go to your like elementary school and it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Something that triggers a deep memory in your mind. 
And I love walking around in Seattle because it triggers something really comforting that I never really experienced too much in our time in California. Mm -hmm. Just because it was a different smell. It feels like a big step. It does feel like a big step. To not like have roommates and just live on your own mm -hmm. in a city and you have a job now and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I look forward to frolicking through the Washington wilderness and Seattle city with our friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I look forward to being spontaneous again. I feel like I've been able to be spontaneous in a long time. And perhaps it's because I know the place better. And maybe it's also because I feel a little safer just in the, the age we're in now, after the past year. Mm -hmm. What are you looking forward to most? I think nesting is a good word. I wouldn't have thought of it. Yeah, like putting down roots, kind of. Mm -hmm. But I feel like putting down roots, I don't know, it's not the right phrase. Nesting is the perfect phrase. Well, I'm like excited about the whole environment. Because nesting can be temporary. Like, Nest, like putting down roots is like you're a tree and you're you're sticking yourself in a place where nesting can be like it's a place where you roost temporarily. Like that nest can move. It's not like mm -hmm. the perennial home. Mm -hmm. When I say nesting, I think of the home and making it a home. Mm -hmm. um, I felt sad saying goodbye to the people, but saying goodbye to the home and the state felt like a natural progression, almost like graduating from school. It's like, yeah, I'm sad to be leaving my college friends and the fun experiences we have together, but I'm not sad to be like moving on from this. I'm actually quite excited. Mm -hmm. And I felt, I feel a, a lot of potential and hope and like curiosity an inspiration moving 